Welcome to another episode of the Sensibly Cynical Podcast. My name, of course, is Sean, and today I am welcoming back Brian from the past podcast. I am so excited to catch up with him. This podcast that is his baby, as he calls it, talks about sports, technology, music, video games, and more. And that's basically what we talk about here on this episode. We talk about what he's been up to since, you know, the shutdown. And of course, you know, we both have a passion for the NBA. So we break down some playoff matchups and more. Okay. Enjoy my interview with Brian from the past podcast. All right. With me on the line, he is the host of the past podcast Currently in its fifth season, Brian, what's going on, buddy? What's good, man? Thanks for having me back, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a minute. I know. It's, it's definitely been a minute. And I, I know we, like I said, we've been trying to get this. I think we've been trying to plan this with me since, like, March. And everything that can and has happened is happening. So I'm just, like, I'm glad to be on, man. Well, thanks for having me back. How's everything going with the podcast? Um, It's been, it's actually been going pretty good. Like, I've, I've gotten my, so to backtrack a little bit, my routine altered big time. Um, from when I last, when I last, when, when I was on, I think at that time we were still, I was still trying to get everything in order of how I was going to do stuff like whether I was going to record every week, every other week, things of that nature. And a new opportunity came up for me on a personal level, which was just a blessing by itself. And as soon as that came in, I was able to start getting into, typically on Saturdays I'll record and um, you know, of course, our favorite phrase, COVID, um, slowed a lot of stuff down, but I've now got a routine more consistent, so I was able to, I'm able to, like, set up, I don't know if you've seen it on down on my personal Instagram, I've now got, like, a, somewhat of a desk, like, almost like a desk area where I can literally just sit here and just go, um, and it's already got my mic set up and everything, so I don't have to do too much other than just connect the microphone, connect the headphones, excuse me, and then, you know, all my other accessories, but the rest of it is just natural, so now I'm able to get, you know, sit down, sit down on the get down, um, and I'm doing coding now, so that's been a new world, or a new venture, um, but yeah, the pod, like, as far as podcast stuff, it's been good, man, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to get back into my element of doing podcasting, and I, and actually enjoying it, and it's, it's funny. Um, I've always appreciated our friendship, man, I know, you know, we, Obviously, social media, and I said this on an Instagram post promoting, you know, Ink Panda, that social media has a lot of negatives, but the positives, in my opinion, outweigh them. And right. you've always been real with me, and, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah, no doubt, man. Like I said, I, I think you, I personally look at it like this like, you gotta value what you can from who you, you know, from who you run into. Like, I know. A lot of times you'll go live and I'm like, man, I want to get in the live. But most of the time I'm either in class or I'm like, I can't get in right now because there, there are some good conversations that we have. And I'm going I'm to I'm blind switch gears, but I'm not going to take this as a pull. I'm just going to ask you this question. So hold it in your head. If you answer it at any point, it's fine. Think of your personal top five in any order albums that you can play or listen to from start to finish. And it's no particular order. I know I'm throwing that in there. It's like a wild question. It's something that just popped in my head and my friend asked me today, so. 
Yeah, well, I can name a couple off the bat. Can I do that? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Metallica, the Black Album, um, and then uh, Blink-182, Enema of the State, I think. Okay. And then I'll actually do a third because, yeah, I'm, I'm into all over, man. I'll listen to rock, rap, anything in between except opera, you know? I don't mess with opera. Right. <laughs> But uh, what was fifties? What was fifties album when he had uh, in the club? And what was the other songs on that album? Average, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it, man. Wankster and stuff like that. You know. Okay. <laughs> no, because I got that a lot. Like, because you know, I was I grew up in the like late nineties, early two thousands, but with the bo- the baggy shorts, the wife beater, the you know, I had it all, man. The chain. <laughs> So I got the W word, if you know what I mean. So I got all that, and I didn't care, man. And then when I got into high school, that's when I got the. That's when I met like all my rock, my rockers kind of friends. But like my roots are like Eminem and people like that, you know. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. By the way, man, I'll be uh, I'll be visiting Richmond in uh, in a couple months, man. Yeah, man. Well, I wanted to ask you, do you think people like strive too much about actually I'll take that back. Do you think there is anything such as like um, inner peace or is that just one's like perception on like inner peace? into it 
stepped up and became the driver. And the times when I was like, you might want to let this one go, I've let it go. And letting that go led to other things being introduced or being invited. You're right. I've been, you know, keeping track of your page, you know, and you do a lot of interesting things that I can correlate with. Like, for me, unfortunately, you know, during this time of COVID, a lot of people are soul searching, you know, because the unfortunate amount of, you know, loss and grieving. So I think a lot of people are doing introspectives on themselves. So and you bringing up COVID brings up a very pivotal thing. When this first, so, and, and I'm open to saying it because it's not a big deal. I, I work, I mean, I work in the healthcare. I work in a different part of the healthcare now, which I value a lot more from what part of it I was in before. And I'll leave it at that without that personal part being shared. But I'm saying that and bringing that to light because at one point, and I think that was one of my blind, that was one of my unexpected turning points that I think a lot of people don't realize. I had experienced what's called COVID fatigue. And when I had it, like, and it's not something that I said, it wasn't, it wasn't me sitting here saying I self-diagnosed or anything of that sort. It was just me assessing how this had an impact on me on a mental level, on a physical level, on an emotional level, just dealing with it through everything. When it first, when the pandemic first started and when it all you know, they were first saying to us, like, everything's about to change. You're going to be doing things a lot different. There's going to be social distancing. I was in school, and I can recall when they were telling us about this, and they were saying, okay, are we going to have the school open? Are we going to have the kids, the students work from home? How is this going to work? And when they told us that we were working from home for the class, when they told us that, I was like, word, I am ready to work from home only because I only had, like, a couple terms left. I had, I think I started, they started it like around March or April. By May, I was done. So I just needed those two terms to just kind of coast through and be on my way. Well, going through the classes and going through the process, it was a a huge adjustment for a lot of people because a lot of people didn't have that. They relied on the in-school appearance and the in-school presence because, hey, if I got a question, I got concerns, I can go to this person and get help and get assistance. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, you know, you know, fast forward a little bit, still working in what I was doing. Like I said, I'm not going to say where I, where I was or what I did, but I was in ground zero. So being, and I, I call it ground zero because the area that I was working in and what I was dealing with, you could pick up someone to go for a certain thing and you might get them, take them to that area, and then you turn around and they say, oh, by the way, this patient had COVID. And you're like, oh, great. Well, no one was going to tell me. Like, <laughs> I'm glad y'all are figuring this out and putting it all together. So we pressed through the year. Like I said, this is, we're looking at like April, May, June, July, rushing through September all the way to the end of the year. The end of the year, and I'm, I don't think I, I might have, I think I put this in a post, but I put it very subliminally because I didn't want anybody in my business. Mm-hmm. In the middle of December, I got COVID. And I don't know, I'm not here to tell anybody about whether it's real, whether it's not real. If you choose to take the vaccine, all of that is personal perspective and opinion, and I respect it on every level. But when that, when that personally happened for me, I didn't have any symptoms. I wasn't, like, I was, like, health-wise, I've always been in good health. The only thing that has been out of control for me recently is just weight. And when I say weight, it's not like I'm fat, but it's more so I've just gained more weight than I'm normally accustomed to carrying. So it's like now I've got to get myself back on track, which I've been working on this year, going back to what you said about, excuse me, having to improve yourself, having to put yourself in the right, you know, attitude, right state of mind. So when that happened last year, that, that ran me, like, I, had, I already had hit COVID fatigue a couple of weeks before I found that out. And everybody asked me the same question. It was like, why 
why'd you decide to go take a test? What made you think you needed a test? And I was like, a friend of mine asked me to take it. I went ahead and did it. I found out I was positive. It happens. It's not the end of the world. It shut me down for two weeks, but it shut me down with a different attitude and a different, a whole different way of, of seeing life and just handling life. And, and that, you know, even if it happened at the time last year, like Kobe had passed before COVID happened. So I was beginning to learn and understand a lot clearer what the term the mama mentality meant. So I'm going through that also and like I'm trying to be the best version of me. I'm trying to give my best to everybody. I'm trying not to leave anything behind. I want to put it all on the line, which I did. And for the most part, it wasn't, there weren't any punches that I held back when, when deemed necessary. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to the new year, new year starts, everybody's on this new year, new me wave, and I'm like, oh, here we go. And for me, I just was like, I'm going to improve upon whatever I didn't get accomplished last year to get done this year. Start the new year off, a couple months in, I had already made a transition in my position, which wasn't the best thing at the time, but I did it because I was looking for something greater. And it led to me getting the opportunity I have now where I'm in, like I said, I'm still in the healthcare. I'm on a whole different avenue with what I do, but it made, it's made me understand where logic can make or break us without us knowing it. And that's, that's been what has put me in a more calmer, calmer place with things. Like something to, to some people it's, it's weird, but to me it's cool. Like when I put up posts of me wearing um, my glasses, I don't need, like, I don't, I've, I've never had an issue with my vision, but lately I've been doing this job and I'm like, I sit at a computer all day. And now because of what I'm doing and learning coding, I'm in front of a computer all day. So I have to keep a pair of gaming glasses nearby because I'm not trying to lose my eyesight from typing on the screen for X number of hours a day. It's not worth it. The world has changed and some of us are changing with the world and some of us are like, you know what? Whatever I was doing before, I'm going to stick to doing that. And it's cool that that's what's working for you. But some people are making changes because they need to make changes. And most importantly, to add to the point that you brought up, and this, like the biggest thing about this is a lot of people got forced to think in ways that they haven't thought before because of this pandemic. Because now you've been put in a position of isolation. You've been put in a position of social distancing. You've been put in a position of instead of being so close to everyone, Take time to yourself and be considerate of other people. It's a lot of things that we, we knew how to do this and we understood it as a kid, but now that we're put in a position of we have to do it, it's like, you know what? I never thought about that before. Let me actually take time and like not stand over somebody's back and breathe all over them while they're in line trying to get groceries. Or I'm going to say this last thing, and this is like the key part of it. Before this pandemic happened, Everyone just walked around and we all did our regular thing, right? When they when the when the pandemic first happened, after some time passed, we saw the plexiglass go up. We saw you know different things to make us aware. The one thing they did that still sticks out to me this to this day is they put the social distancing signs in the one place where everybody can see on the ground. This ain't no stay woke moment. This is not anything to make any any um, conspiracy theories. It's just you really looking at where things carried us. When most people are going through their days, through their lives, what are they doing? They're on their phone. So if you're on your phone, the one way to get a person's attention is by putting a sign on the floor to say, hey, stand right here because you're too close to the person in front of you. Very few people measure the six feet distance to the button of those signs, but that's another story. <laughs> but for the most part, like literally, you have to put, you had to put those down to get people aware of how much it was important to like really keep distance between people. You talked about the mama mentality. What did being mean to you? So for me 
saw his entire career from the time I started high school until almost the time that I was like working. Because I think he, when he retired in 2015, 2014, 2015 and 2016. Because I like, if I was doing that, granted, podcasting wasn't a thing when I was in high school. But having content and really talking about podcasting, I would have made a lot of content just off of things that he had done in basketball. There are a lot of ceremonial moments that people don't understand. Like, yes, did he mimic a lot of his game from Jordan? Of course. But if you really look at how he played the game, he was the definition, in my opinion, of what you call doing it his way. And his way worked. There aren't many guys in the NBA and I'm going to make sure I say this right because a lot of players won championships, but they didn't win the champ. They weren't a, they were a key factor to the championship, but they weren't the guy of like, hey, this is why the championship came to mm-hmm. this team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kobe was a big impact to all five of those championships. I'm taking, and I'm, I'm making this 100% clear, so if any of your listeners hear this, I'm saying this because I want them to hear. And if anybody who listens to my podcast and me, and me holding this audio, Here's this. I'm, I'm backing this as well. I'm taking absolutely nothing away from Robert Ory. I'm taking nothing away from Shaquille O'Neal. I'm taking nothing away from Derek Fisher, Rick Fox, mm-hmm. Al Gasol. Even when he was playing like trash, Andrew Bynum. None of those guys will get ignored in the, the earning of what they've done to help these teams. But if you really look at when it came down to the game is on the line, we need to get a bucket and we're trying to win, Kobe literally said, give me the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and it's those moments of why he made such a big impact. He'll, he's going to be an impact on the game and a stamp on the game, no matter what anybody says. I don't. The whole changing the logo thing—that's another conversation, but it's not that deep for me personally. Um, but in hindsight, I mean, the dude was a monster. And then, like I said, growing up and watching him, and even in his, you know, nearing his the end of his career. I didn't hear or know much about the understanding of the Mamba mentality. But after and, you know, really reading it and really understanding it, I I embrace that as being part of my, my life. I made that one of my, my key mantras. Like, every podcast, I would literally be putting in the middle in the, in the in the middle or near the end of the show a constant quest to be the best version of oneself. That is the thing that is like, we don't understand how simple that sounds, but how pivotal it becomes on our life in doing something that key to growing and becoming better people so his impact on the game his impact to me as a person is like hands down like top top 10 top five almost so i like i said i, I feel a, a lot of deaths have happened and i, I ain't taken well his passing did not hit well for me at all and it was tough because even when i found out I was in the process, and at the time, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start learning how to do what I call bullet journaling. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do bullet journaling and figure this all out. I'm reading a book when my friend told me about the story, and I had people who don't watch basketball telling me the news, and I'm just like, no, you lying. I literally recall going to Starbucks, and, like, I opened my book, I got my markers, and it, I started playing. And that's been something, like, even now, like, after this podcast, I'm... That, and that's something that's been missing for me is the learning of planning. I'm about to shock the hell out of you and your listeners. <laughs> I thought of a, I guess, fourth album, Fan Mail by TLC. That's not, that's, a, that's okay. I, I got no, because somebody, no, because I'm, I'm saying that like that because my boy, we, when I, he brought this to my attention, he said crazy, sexy, cool. I would put Fan Mail in there too. Yeah, if you think about it, Fan Mail... 
uh, was the first song off that album, and that was that was fire. I mean, everyone talks about like no scrubs and stuff, but fan mail was actually a good song. The actual song. No, it was. It was a lot of songs on there. Yeah, I'm not playing the music. No, no, I wanted to. I wanted to surprise you with that. I think I did. I gotta think about the fifth one, but uh, okay. I don't know if you remember, but back in the day, I uh, used to be able to rent CDs like through the mail. Yeah, but what I used to do was it was a company, and I can't remember the name of it. They would send you this book, and it would have a whole plethora of CDs on it, and you would just say, "Okay, I want all of these CDs." And they send them all to you, and you pretty much were like, it was almost like you were in a subscription club, and. That honestly was how I populated my, my album collection, or my CD collection. I don't have those CDs now. Thankfully, I was able to get everything ripped before I had lost all my stuff in storage, like, years ago. I'm going to be 100% honest with you, and I, I'll say this because I can. And I, I'm, I love Spotify to death. Spotify has been my mood of all moods. Um, I was on Apple Music for about two or three years. I was determined that I was not going to do a streaming service. I was like, I'm not doing streaming. Why would I pay for streaming? I have all the music I need. And somebody gave me like a card. And they were like, hey, here are a couple of free months of Apple Music just to kind of mess around and like get that, get, get comfortable with Apple Music. I was like, all right, sure. I already got Apple. It, it won't be anything like outrageous. When I found out how much music you could listen to and how many albums were available, just the, the setup, I was like, all right, I'm sold. I was paying them, you know, month, every month. And then a friend of mine was like, hey, I got, you know, I'm a, I'm a Spotify girl. And I was like, all right, let me see what Spotify about. So my liked playlist alone is like over 1,300 songs. And the last album, uh, what was that one? Um, it was Snoop Dogg's older stuff. With the Ballast in Wonderland? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I listened to okay. the whole thing. Okay. I mean, it seemed like that was that far, that long ago. Um. So there you go. There's your five. Okay. I'm with it. We all listen to music differently. So everyone's going to get something different when they play a certain album. Even down to a certain song, like my new thing now, and it's like I'm telling people this, so anyone who hears this, come on my show as a guest. The first question I'm going to ask you is, when you think of the song Before I Let Go by Frankie Beverly and Maze, what comes to mind? And I just... I'm, I'm looking forward to the answers that I get about that because everyone everyone gets something different from listening to that song. Like, for most people, it's, oh, the party's over, they're about to shut down, and they're going to put the chairs away. For some people, it's, oh, you're in the backyard cookout, and it's mm-hmm. about to be this nice little lit playlist. And going back to Spotify real quick, one of my friends, when she introduced me to Spotify, we collaborated and made what was called, like, a barbecue-slash-cookout playlist because most people go to the barbecue, other people go to the cookout. It's some songs that you play at the cookout that don't play at the barbecue, and it's some that's vice versa. Hey, R.I.P. Nate Dog, man, because he was on that 21 Questions track. He had a whole lot of good collabs on some music. Yo, when 21 Questions came out, that was like, that was the truth, man. Dun, 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 dun you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Like, a lot of artists from that, in that particular space were starting to really sample music, but they were sampling it with the right ear. And that that makes a big difference whether people realize it or not. 
Because you anybody can sample a song, but if you sample it and it's done correctly, that is what keeps people to come back. Like I, I we've had I've had people say this and I've heard it multiple times. A lot of people don't rock with a lot of the new music because yeah, they sample a lot of good songs, but it's not the same it just don't have the same feel to it. Most artists, the true revenue or the true income hits on tours. No one's touring right now. So the only other option you have is your streaming services. Or if I drop this song, then I can get these streams and it'll make money. But a lot of times, whether we realize it or not, there isn't a lot of money in the streaming scene because not everybody streams music. Some people go to YouTube. Some people use YouTube and don't pay a dime. I am one of those people. <laughs> to go back to basketball for a minute, what's your thought like uh, back in the day? I think last time we were, you were on the podcast, we talked about AI, you know, in the hip-hop culture. That thing is kind of... You know, like come back. I think with all these shoe, you know, sneaker heads and stuff. So PJ Tucker, I'm gonna name a couple guys. PJ Tucker, Kevin Durant, um, Demar Derozan. Can't think of any other guys. Those are the first three to come to mind of like folks who have shoes. And the NBA is being a little becoming more relaxed again. You think, but you think of it like this. You look at James, some of the clothes like James Harden wears, Russell Westbrook. Um, LeBron, like some, and then some guys because of how they dress just for pregame, like coming to the arena. You watch, uh, you watch Inside the NBA with Shaq. <laughs> he'll, they'll show, they'll show videos of guys coming to the arena, bro, and he'll just say, he'll be like, "Are those pajamas?" <laughs> <laughs> but, and think, but, but, it, but that's where, and that's something with sports that I'm still trying to like get a handle on is the generation battle because here it is now. You have guys who have just, you know, they're, they're 10, 15 years removed from the game. And here they are looking at these guys who are coming into the game, and they're like, these are the stupidest, weirdest, craziest looking outfits I've ever seen. How can y'all dress like this and, like, be athletes or, you know, make an impact on the game? Because they're used to wearing suits, and, you know, there was no such thing as business casual in the NBA back in the day. I'll just, that's the best way I can describe it. Like, did guys, did guys relax a little bit on what they wore? Absolutely. But was it relaxing to the point that they didn't, they didn't come to play the game? No, nah, they was going to, you, you was going to look great when you got on the court because that wasn't, well, before, before you were getting ready to get on the court. One thing on a podcast level that I'll share, and I'll talk about this on yours, and this will be, I guess, in my content as well, is I was very big on networking and connecting with other podcasters because it's not said enough or mentioned enough how important it is to find others who are doing what you're doing and can give you the the give you the million dollar information at a cost at a fraction of the cost like i still to this day remember going to, it was an event i went to here and we were you know i'm sitting down they were all it was like a couple folks who you know are like hey i'm doing podcasts and i'm doing this and i got this and I think at the time, I hadn't got my equipment down. Like, I like the equipment I have now, I'm good with it. Um, but the guy who led it was like, hey, I'm going to tell you what you should do, and this is going to be a good investment. And I, like, it's still on my, I want to invest in it. He was like, I got a mixer, and he basically has, like, an old school mix amp, and he uses that. He he doesn't even have to hook it up to his computer. He, he will go up on stage with that. He'll go up on with his microphones. And a mic- the microphones are good enough quality where it will get the audio as necessary. And I was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm hearing him and I'm, I'm paying attention to how he's setting up. And so I saw him do his setup at like the, the place where we were at. They were going to do a show and I'm sitting there watching him do the show. And I'm like, 
this is pretty much like where I'm looking at my content going to. Of I want to have a like I'm like bringing my laptop and bringing the microphone in the stands. All of that's cool, but I would rather just have just my whatever my mixer is that I'm using. Which I'm looking at the one for Rode. Rode, I think it's a Rodecaster Pro. Everything's about maintaining and upholding your brand. When I first did podcasting, I didn't think about it. I was like, oh, whatever, I'm just do what I do because this is what I do and this is who I am. But now I'm like, nah, if I'm going to make this my baby and I'm going to mm-hmm. put time into it, then I need to put the right time into it and not kind of sort of do it. You uh, you teased me with the list of uh, questions you got me. Uh, can you fire one at me? What the list? Oh, the ones that I have? <laughs> No chance, right? Um, yeah, I. This is gonna. This is actually no chance. This may be a. This may be a rough, uh, rough answer for some listening, but there's no chance that the Sixers make it. Or, okay. and I got Milwaukee over Brooklyn in the next round. Really? Yeah, yeah. I got Milwaukee. I got Milwaukee in seven or six, depending. I just think Chris Middleton has taken that next step. I watched some tonight, and he's taken that next step where everyone knows Chris Middleton's an all-star, right? But he's taken that next step, like, right in front of our eyes. What hurts Milwaukee now is um, that one that one guy, I forgot his name, He's out. they got a good player that's out for the rest of the season. That may hurt him. DiVincenzo, I think his name is. That may, that may, uh, I made that pick before he got hurt, so I don't know, but I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Who's your no chance in hell? The Jazz. Really? No way. They got the best record in the league for a reason. Wait, this is coming from the same person that, took, that already knocked Philly out and they don't want to see in the East. Okay. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> that's different though. That's the East, bro. <laughs> What's your thoughts on Luca? I think 
evolving into the game. This is probably going to sound like I'm a hater for what I'm about to say. They need to get Porzingis out of there. Ooh, because there's a lot of pitch. Probably some New York. Hey, I have a decent New York audience. The Knicks and everything. No, and I'm not. And I'm not <laughs> I, I, I wonder still to this day if Thibodeau, if Thibodeau got there earlier, would he have stayed? I, I like Luka as a player. Luka just needs the right pieces around him. Let's, uh... Let's make our championship picks, man. So who's your pick to win the championship? Um, that is a tough God, it's, and it's, it's right there in, in, in broad daylight. I'm picking Brooklyn. Ooh. I'm really picking Brooklyn. And I, the only reason I think Brooklyn is going, I, I have a stronger shot on Brooklyn is because, and this, is, this isn't my stat, this isn't me reaching, and this isn't me going off of wild instinct. This is just observation. They've been playing better defense. Like, a lot of the guys on that team, their team defense is a lot different than most teams' defense. Mm-hmm. Because at first, if you, like, if we go call it what it is, James Harden defensively was not the most defensive player at one time. But now having a team that can help you in playing defense, like, help, help ball defense is very important to basketball. And no one talks about that. Um, yeah, I'm going with Milwaukee. The only problem I would like to pick Milwaukee Milwaukee just always Milwaukee's. This year is different. I feel I'm watching their first round. They swept, by the way. They're already moving on. They they look they look different, man. I'm telling you. I know it's hard, but these guys they look. They trust me. They just look different. It's it's a different okay. Milwaukee team. I, I will say this. I'll say this about Milwaukee. Drew Holiday is a big a big factor, and when I say a big factor, he is a big factor. He's a sneaky all star talent. It was hilarious. Did you see the video? <laughs> he, he had some. He had like some broad, like grinding. Like she looked like a stripper. <laughs> It's uh, it's always a good time catching up with you, man. I really appreciate your time. I would like to thank Brian from the past podcast for coming on the show today. I want to thank you, the listener, for continuing to support Sensibly Cynical. I am so excited to be joined by Model Ink Panda. Um, she is an incredible person and, of course, an incredible model. Her podcast, titled Ink Panda Unfiltered, is coming soon. Please check us out on Twitter at Cynical Sensibly, Instagram Sensibly Cynical Pod, and you can check out our Facebook group. Also, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, I would be highly, 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 highly appreciative. Okay, that's it. Another one in the books. Please 
Stay safe and take care.